Do you feel independent after that particular day? No. (laughs) Independence is anti-Catholic. Be dependent on God. Amen. But independent from Britain. Yeah. We can celebrate that. If you so choose. (laughs) England removal. (laughs) Amerexit. Yeah. <laughs> we had, see to um, we had to first rid ourselves of empire to become empire. That is true. <laughs> We had to become economic empire instead of military empire. Mm-hmm. Under the guise of being anti-empire, you see. But, yes, it was a fun America day, nonetheless. Um, People watched exploding things. Yeah, I actually didn't this year. I heard plenty of exploding things that I'm pretty sure were fireworks. Um, yeah. It was funny in, in DL over the weekend... Uh, <laughs> You just sat outside. You can, it just sounded like a war zone with all the fireworks and stuff just <laughs> off in the distance. Pop, pop, pop. This is America. Like we celebrate with explosions. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, like, from an outsider's perspective, what it must be like thinking of, like, crazy Americans ex- celebrating with explosions. I mean, our national anthem talks about bombs mm-hmm. blowing up. <laughs> I mean... Say what you will about the Russians, but at least they understand that explosions make for great entertainment. Just ask Tchaikovsky. With the cannons. It was Tchaikovsky, Indeed. Oh, yes. (laughs) Tchaikovsky. Cannons are not a musical instrument. Overture, right? 1812 overture. Tchaikovsky. Cannons are not an instrument. But Tchaikovsky says yes. Tchaikovsky, no. Tchaikovsky, Yes! (laughs) Um. Anyway, besides the uh, the Russia and the anti-Russia, uh, how's how's the week going, boys? My America Day was pretty good too. We had a little excursion to a nearby state park in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So a few of us went down to the Platte Moving Lake. It's ostensibly a river, but it was about two feet deep, so it didn't really count. Is it like like a like a man-made lake, like a dammed up? No, river? It, it it. I mean, it's it purports itself to be a river. Ah. Uh, I am just, you know, it's it's two feet deep, so it's not a real river. Yeah, it's more of a more of a creek. It's kind of like the Crow Wing River in Minnesota. Like, for the majority of the river, you can see the bottom. Like, it's it gets maybe like six feet deep at the very deepest, but most of the time it's like one to two feet, depending on how much rain you have that year. Smallest river in the area, and yet they insist on naming a whole county after it. Yeah. Same thing with Otter Tail. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they I mean, have a lake and river. Yeah, so I'll, just, I'll be honest. It's probably a crow wing lake I didn't know existed. Yeah, more than likely. You, mean, you throw a word salad together it, or a letter salad together. It might be a lake in Minnesota. So, so many lakes that eventually they just started numbering them, but then they weren't even consistent with the numbering system because there's more than one Lake 10 apparently. And it's, <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. Like you had one job, surveyors who decided where the ma- where Minnesota is on the map. Just just get it right. But this lake's a ten. Mm. <laughs> this lake's a ten, but it's a totally landlocked body of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Nathan celebrated the uh, the second of the three twenty five birthdays. Yes, I of the did. summer. That was good. 25th, not 25 birthdays. I mean, we've all... Us two have had 25 birthdays now. So this is true. So you remain With the... in two weeks? Week and a half? Um, yeah, 16 days. So. Okay. From recording, so more like uh, more 10 like days from... from... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thereabouts. Not too shabby. Monday will be the, what, 11th? Uh, yes. Monday will be the 11th. So, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. 
mm-hmm. um, just kind of hung out. It sounded like you guys are getting ready for the family reunion next weekend. Uh, one of them, yes. Okay. So it was pretty low key. We hung out. We played some board games and card games, uh, and just stuff. Got yeah, ate some food. More or less, drank what some we alcohol. Ended up doing it was too. a good. It was a good time. Pretty chill at our place too, um, minus a bee flying into the ear of my brother-in-law. Not Andrew, but the other one. Um, so that was a whole thing. Mm. Uh, so long story short, we were playing bocce ball, and um, me and Ben, my brother-in-law, were on a team, and we got the closest. Um, but apparently, in the process, we hit this discarded cardboard box that the bees had decided. And they were like, um, they were like ground wasps, so they weren't like honeybees or anything. Um, they decided to turn this old box into a nest, and so we were in. Uh, when my brother was in the process of getting a stick to retrieve our bocce balls, and my brother-in-law decides to just, you know, Leroy Jenkins go after the bocce balls to see if he can get in and out before the bees find him. Well, the bees found him, hmm. and uh, before we knew it, he was just sort of thrashing about on the ground, like whacking his head. We we're just like, uh, "What do we do? What do we do?" It, the, it didn't sting him. It flew straight into his ear canal and just sort of sat there, and we were just like, hmm. uh, "What? How do we get this thing out without the bee freaking out and stinging him?" Um, Smoke his ear. Well, see, that was the thing. We, uh, my my mom told, or one of my siblings told me, like, go get like a box of matches and a jar of honey. I'm like, this is a really stupid idea, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Cause they were like, well, nothing on the internet. Apparently this isn't something that normally happens. <laughs> well, it's your responsibility to write the wiki. How article, I guess so. And draw the terrible images about Step one. <laughs> stop having thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It was apparently, I mean, we got the bee. It just eventually came out and, uh, without, you know, further incident, which was remarkable because, a bee sting on the inside of your canal is bad news. And uh, we managed to escape uh, bodily but not emotionally unscathed. That was He said he could hear it flying around in there. Sorry to any sensitive listeners. It was just a bad time. We're like, you know what? We're done with bocce ball. Um, but yeah, that was that was Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty wild. But otherwise, a fairly normal 4th of July for the rest of the weekend. I actually have a very, very tragic story to tell oh, that's of right. last yes. weekend. Do tell. Do so um, I have, for the Nintendo Switch, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been playing through it with James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stay one tuned of, for the video. Yeah, or multiple. Yeah, but the series. one of the characters I unlocked was General Grievous, who was just grand old fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring the game. The game's still on my Switch when I get home, and I'm... I'm like, you know what? I might as well show it to my bros and free play and hang out and show the characters and just goof around. Have so some fraternal bonding. Indeed. Uh, even with uh, my three-year-old brother, who's like, who all he did was fire the pew-pew gun as Mandalorian. Yep, because he knows who Mando is. Yes, he does. But um, So we were messing around with General Grievous when um, we activated Glitch. Something about like the way some of the animations interacted caused him to... Swing his arms around like he had lightsabers, but he didn't have them. They were actually stuck in like their zero position under the map underneath him, ignited up his butt, which is funny because he's swinging around his big old forearms uh, with a thing just ignited in his center. So we messed around with that until the point where we accidentally get him just stuck in a pose. And now he is scooting around. And it's like this is a. <laughs> It's not like it's an unfinished game. It's like mm-hmm. maybe a little jank here and there, but that comes with the territory of Lego games. But this is like some old school accidentally left in the thing. And this like, wasn't a abu- one-time glitch. Like you were able to replicate Oh, it. I was able to replicate it consistently. And then so while we're scooting around, we hit an incline and he gets a little bit of upward momentum and he keeps going. So we could we've eventually figured out a way to manipulate General Grievous in such a way that he, we could get him to fly around any map we wanted. <laughs> it was great. We got some uh, uh, some pick some like collectibles out of order. We discovered that uh, the Gungan City has no upward boundary. It just goes and goes and <laughs> goes until you're out of the skybox and in the void. It was beautiful. So I'm like, dude, 
Next time we record, I need to show this to James. This is good content. Mm-hmm. This is just hilarious, fun content, and I have it down to a science. So I get home uh, to, to Fargo for after the weekend. I boot up my Switch, and I look at my the thing, and it's like, uh, Lego Star Wars has an update. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. I think nothing of it. But then it hits me, and I'm like, I need to check this now. They might have patched it. I go into Lego Star Wars, and I can no longer activate General Grievous God mode. Dum, dum, And dum. I was the big sad. Yes. Very <laughs> it sad went day. from a 2,000 out of 10 game to a 10 out of 10 game in a single <laughs> moment. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not fantastic. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's not transcendent. It's just yeah, great. <laughs> it's not literally transcendent. Even... <laughs> The character soars to new heights, even above the map the creators intended. Just beyond exceeding expectations of the creator's original vision, and you know the skybox intended. Imagine, for imagine viewership. the speed run strats, my dudes. Yes. Imagine the game's done quick. Mm-hmm. Grievous percent. Think of all the T pose flying you can do to catch the those uh, annoying, hard to reach uh, mini kits that are no longer. You have to like play the game normally to get now. Which is why it was patched, obviously. And I'm like, okay. Sad day. But yeah, it's like, gone are the days of the GameCube where you discover a glitch and it's there forever. Or even just like single release games where there weren't really, like, you know, patches. Well, that, but after the age of the internet and DLC, like, patches became the thing. Mm-hmm. You had to wait for another release and buy another physical disc. Or yeah. have them send one to you if the glitch was bad enough. Right. Uh, in order to patch things over. <laughs> Um, so yeah, games like even in the early 2000s were doing patches, right? Like, but console games not so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, console games you would get like a second printing, which was the 1.0.2 release. Yep, that glitched out the one, or that patched out the one glitch that was causing either game breaking bugs or a minor speed run technique. That why did you take that out? It was cool. That's the only that everybody's going to avoid that version now. It's interesting when you like pick up a game that's like beyond its its life cycle, and like you just see which version it is that you're playing, like how many patches they had to do um, to get it to where it's in the state you are currently playing. Kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, on on one hand, I'm I'm glad we live in this internet age of patchable games because No Man's Sky is apparently playable now. Mm-hmm. But uh, Star Wars Battlefront is another one. Is now less of a loot box driven game. Yep. But uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga had a moment of magic that it mm-hmm. uh, it lost. Magic. <laughs> so that's my funny story of the weekend. <laughs> Anybody want to hear my funny story of the last forty eight hours? Go ahead, man. Do uh, it. This is this is for the content. This is for the content. Um. So uh, <laughs> we have made it known on the podcast prior that uh, we are fans at least Riley and I are fans of the crunch Nathan just hasn't gotten around to listening to it yet I don't think no. the crunch Catholic podcast so recently they started doing a uh, uh, twitch live streams so I hopped on last night because I had some time and I tried to restrain myself from causing too much uh, ruckus in the chat but at one point um, uh, I, 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 made, I made some good pokes and, and jabs they thought were, they were pretty funny uh, one of which was uh, um, I, like Patrick, who is a youth minister, was like talking about like his using his work laptop or something, and I I just said, um, now imagine uh, imagine if they just sold all of the church's youth minister laptops, the poor they could feed. <laughs> that one that was pretty good. But what, what what ended up happening was they one of them said my username on Twitch was like another guy's username, and we should have a we should fight over it. And um, maybe start Crunch Fan Podcast. And I was like, oh, I do have a podcast, but I'm not going to show for it. And they're like, no, 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 come on, go ahead. And I was like, okay, fine. So <laughs> if uh, shout out to you if you're one of the 26 people besides John and me on that live stream and you decided to give us a listen, hello, and thank you for being here. Um, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my story. It was, it was a fun stream. I've never actually sat and yeah. watched an entire stream before, but... I didn't know that it was happening until it was already over, mm-hmm. so I missed out on it. But Do they have the VOD I'm... up on Twitch? Yes, the VOD. I was combing it a little bit to try to find the point where you were shilling it, but... Oh, yeah. 
I didn't. I didn't. It was it was like about three quarters of the way through. I think the first okay. half of the the first half of the Twitch, they were just like frantically trying to uh, figure out OBS, which I was sort of relating to and giving unhelpful suggestions because I didn't actually know how it worked, but I thought it, I thought I did and things like that, but I wasn't alone in that either. I've been using Streamlabs for too long to like know how vanilla OBS works anymore. Yeah. Okay. So I've gotten it to a point where it's like, I can make it function for what, for my purposes. Um, but yeah, speaking of, uh, functioning to work for our purposes we're the palladium papists i'm james i'm nathan and i'm riley and, and another... i feel like uh, general grievous might have been a better transition but i t- t- said my story too soon yeah this works though um speaking of things that sort of generally serve their purpose we're going to talk about uh uh kenobi the new disney plus series in a edition of super serial So yeah, it's been a little bit since we've uh, talked about a recent show on the pod. I think what was it the Bucky and the Winter Bucky? Was well, that, we did. It, I think yeah, we did that after Wandavision. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it came Time out after to Wandavision. Go comb the catalog. Like. No, 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 no. But we did Moon Knight. Oh yeah, we did Moon Knight. Right and also that, yeah, that was Disney Plus. You can tell what service we're still subscribed to because it hasn't expired yet. Yep. <laughs> And there's still things worth watching. Hopefully we can... Eh, maybe. Like, maybe. Well, okay. You can watch all... Every single piece of Phineas and Ferb um, media created by Disney on there. So I think that, it's, that it's is, worth it on that, is, on that yeah. front. But regardless, um, this one uh, severely lacks any sort of catchy theme song to open it. Although it'd be funny if it did, considering the tone. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes, we, uh, for those of you, <laughs> it's 20 years of self-isolation, <laughs> a new hope comes to us to the end, end it. <laughs> uh, um, so those of you familiar with Star Wars know that at the end of the Revenge of the Sith, um, episode three of Star Wars, uh, Anakin Skywalker has been corrupted by the dark side and in a fight with Obi-Wan becomes horribly disfigured and assumes the mantle of the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Well, he had assumed Darth Vader's name before that, but right. yes. Right, but now he's sort of the cyborg man we know and love from the original trilogy, Darth Vader. Um, in the process, his secret wife, Padme, um, gave birth to twins and... Given the how powerful their father is in the Force, Yoda and Obi Wan and Bail Organa, um, this Republic senator, are like, okay, we need to split them up and hide them from their dad. So Leia goes, the girl goes off to Alderaan to be um, Senator Organa's adopted daughter, and Luke goes off to Tatooine. Anakin's home planet to with live his, with his stepbrother and his wife. Well, with as Anakin's their adopted son. And his wife. Right, right. Yeah, with Anakin's stepbrother and his wife as sort of their adopted kid on the moisture farm. So Obi-Wan is uh, hanging out on Tatooine, sort of keeping a watchful eye on Luke to protect him from, from a distance. And he's kind of working as a space fishmonger in the desert somehow um, with totally realistic looking fish meat. And, um, you know, sort of making a living. It's been about 10 years since the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith. And we have a very downtrodden Obi-Wan who is filled with regrets over how Revenge of the Sith went. And um, the entire prequels went. In yeah. Fact. Reflected by Ewan McGregor's immediate thoughts after the release of said movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, with the initial fan reaction. Um, so, yeah, about 10 years later. The Jedi who escaped the Great Purge. 
Order 66. Order 66, yes, are sort of hiding about the galaxy. And these corrupted Jedi turned into basically slaves slash assassins called Inquisitors are roaming about the galaxy using the dark side. Looking for someone to devour. Resist (laughs) them solid in your faith. (laughs) Because no one expects the Imperial Inquisition. Yep. Your opponent, the live-action Grand Inquisitor, is prowling like a roaring lion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yes, the Inquisitors are out and about in the galaxy looking for the remaining Jedi to, under the service of Darth Vader, to wipe out the remaining Jedi Order. So one such uh, Jedi on the run is tracked down to this um, town in, I believe it's Mos Eisley, on Tatooine. Uh, kind of implied to be um and uh he manages to escape the inquisitors and kind of runs into obi-wan in the desert it's like hey obi-wan you're you're once this great powerful jedi um help me and these other living jedi try to like fight back and he's like i don't know who this obi-wan is i'm i'm ben kenobi um totally different from obi-wan uh get out of here and the young guy is like what what happened to you man so eventually that guy gets caught um, and somehow or other one of the, I believe it's the third sister. Uh, her name is Reva. I just Reva. looked it up because I yep. forgot her name and I just called her girl boss for the entire time that we yeah. watched the show. So she'd be doing the girl bossing things and she's sort of obsessed with this idea of getting sort of uh, Darth Vader enemy number one, Obi-Wan Kenobi, because Vader knows he's still alive and he's been searching the last 10 years trying to find him and get his revenge. And Reva is determined to win Darth Vader's favor by capturing Obi-Wan. So um, Owen and Obi-Wan sort of have a tenuous relationship because Obi-Wan's like, I got to train him to be a Jedi like his dad. And And it's like, like like his dad is the problem. Mm -hmm. So um, Reva is being sort of held in check by the Grand Inquisitor and the other Inquisitors. Because, you know, being dark side users, they're constantly in competition with each other, trying to one-up each other. And it's just a very unhealthy dynamic. So she hatches a plot to... Because she managed to find somehow that Senator Organa and Obi-Wan were friends during the time of the Republic. So she's like, I'm going to kidnap his adopted daughter to try to force Senator Organa to cry out to Obi-Wan for help. Which is exactly what happens. So, 10-year-old Leia is captured by these, I don't know, like... Space pirates. Space pirates who are awful at... Existing. Existing and running after a kid and not running into branches and probably one of the worst sequences since the... Poorly choreographed. Poorly choreographed sequences since the... Well, the, in the, uh, six months earlier with the... Uh, the um, the bike, re- bike chase? Yeah, with, the cyberpunk uh, bike chase from in, uh, Boba Fett. Boba but Fett? Yeah, I digress. That was dumb. Um, so Obi-Wan reluctantly is like, well, Luke's probably safe. Nobody knows he's here. And at Senator Argana's insistence goes off to try to find Leia. So eventually he tracks her down to this, I don't know, industrial planet. I don't remember the name of it. It doesn't really matter. And Reva's like, ha ha, I was behind it all along. Now die. And so it's chasing him down. He manages to grab Leia and escape with the help of this dude. Um, this dude who was impersonating a Jedi to for to scam people out of money, but also get them off the planet, sort mm-hmm. of a thing. He had to deal with a help, guy at the docks. Smuggle. Um, and so the Inquisitors narrowly fail to catch Obi Wan, and Reva, quote unquote, kills the Grand Inquisitor who's standing in her way of catching Obi Wan. Um, and while she's leaving, she's like, hey, Obi-Wan, um, I'm taunting you from the shadows or because you're Anakin's hiding in the shadows. Anakin's still alive. Uh, I, I report to Darth Vader. And yes, Darth Vader's still a thing. Anakin's still alive. Why mm. do I know his name is Anakin? We don't explain that until altogether too late in the series to be compelling or interesting. But it is at least consistent. But we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, oh, coherent, I should say. So Obi-Wan and Leia are on sort of this automated um, cargo ship. That is forced down on this like desert planet where they're told, or no, it's being sent to this desert planet where they're told like this secret underground railroad. Desert, it's more like a giant wheat field. 
Well, yeah. Well, it used places. to be it used to be a lush planet, but the empire like exploited it. It did of, the empire thing. Yeah, it it did the Spain thing where they just like cut down all their green stuff, and now it's a desert. Um, so anyway, they're on this planet, and Obi Wan's like, "Well, dang, Anakin's still alive. Oh boy, oh geez." And uh, Leia's trying to figure out what's going on, being the spunky little gal as she is. So they're on this planet looking for this contact who's supposed to help smuggle them off worlds, you know, and get her back to Alderaan or Leia back to Alderaan. So in this confrontation at an Imperial checkpoint, the officer, one of the Imperial officers starts shooting her own men and uh, is like, hey, I'm your contact. Let's go to this hideout, the safe house with my robot buddy. So naturally, um, I think Reva put it like a tracker on them or something like that. No, that was later. I think they just... Oh, they, they caught wind of these Imperial troopers being killed. And Vader's like, yep, that's him. Let's go get him. So the Inquisitors and Darth Vader show up on this planet and start raising the town. Be like, where's Kenobi? Um, and he tries to escape, but Vader catches up to him and lights him on fire with this gas barrel thing. And the same fire also. Oh, it's a reversal of episode three. Look at us. I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. Um, And the same fire, 10 seconds later, allows the uh, smuggler lady to help Obi-Wan escape from Vader. um, Who has a nasty habit of watching people run away. Um. In the chaos, though, Leia is again captured by Reva, who takes her back to the Inquisitor base. Obi-Wan's, you know, with this group of, like, not yet rebels, because we're not at that point, but sort of this, you know... Rebellious Rogue cell that is helping Jedi, you know, escape um, the Empire. Um, So he's like, I need to go get Leia. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll help you, but uh, you're on your own. So he breaks into the castle with the help of the uh, former Imperial officer lady. And um, they rescue Leia and escape narrowly. And Reva's like, well, crap. And Vader's like, well, you said you had him. So tell me one reason why I shouldn't kill you. And she's like, I put a tracker on him. We can find where their hideout is. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay. So they go to the hideout and uh, Reva is holding... They're on this like this mining planet or something, and so they're stuck because the Empire blew up the doors of the hangar, and they're trying to fix it. Or no, no, like uh, the little turtle droid thing that Leia has as a pet was reprogrammed to be evil. And also, which you totally couldn't tell because its eyes are red now. So definitely subtle. Um, It has flying a a CD player. (laughs) Yep, her her flying Walkman. Yep, and uh, they managed to catch wind of this and turn the robot good again and get rid of the tracker because why not but and everyone's the- like okay i need to buy you guys time i'm gonna go pretend to surrender to reva and try to throw her off balance which he sort of manages to do and he finds out when he surrenders himself that reva has was a youngling in the jedi temple that was um barely well she was like almost what's the word for this she was stabbed by anakin skywalker in the purge but wasn't killed and somehow became, you know, she stayed alive through a burning desire for revenge in the dark side. And so was trying to work her way up to him to kill him in vengeance for the Getting stabbed by a lightsaber, somehow surviving based on uh, anger is a, is a running theme in this show. And maybe that's the only reason why Qui-Gon didn't die. But anyway, <clears throat> or no, he, he didn't stay alive. Anyway, right. so... Uh, so while the rebel, the, these people are trying to work on an escape... Obi-Wan's out there buying time um, and he and he tricks the Inquisitor into going off balance and he runs away again. But he's also like, hey, if you get the Darth Vader down here to fight me, uh, he might well, be... Help uh, me take him down. Help, help me. Uh, help me help you. Help mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yep. So Vader's like, this is taking too long. I'm going to go down here and do it myself. So he starts ripping open doors, being all BA and stuff. And uh, catches the sh- a ship as they're about to fly away, but it was a decoy ship. He catches a ship with a force and like this pretty cool sequence and rips it apart and discovers, oh, that was the decoy ship. They escaped. <clears throat> so the Empire, uh, the Vader's Star Destroyer is chasing after this passenger ship. Well, that that before that we this this is the point where we learn about well, where Reva tries to turn on Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and he that- basically is like, uh, bruh. 
and wipes the floor with her in a duel where he doesn't even open his own lightsaber. Also, shocking twist, the Grand Inquisitor, who we know to be alive during the time of the show Star Wars Rebels, which happens significantly later than, than the show, turns out he wasn't dead despite the fake out trying to say that he and was. Darth Vader tricked her into letting I've her... never seen it, and I knew he wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. So he's like, surprise, I'm not dead, die now. And she gets stabbed, but she doesn't die again. It's like, haven't you learned anything? So she's like, you know, you should have gone for the head. I found this broken message thing that says something about Tatooine. Wait a minute. That Owen Lars guy seemed to know more than he let on. I'm going to go screw around with that. Because uh, Obi-Wan has a communicator that leads directly to Bail Organa. And Bail's like, hey, you've been uh, out there trying to save my daughter for longer than I'm comfortable with. Just checking in. Mm-hmm. And if you don't check back with, with me, I'm going to check in with Tatooine and take Luke somewhere else. Yep. The, in the chaos, Luke somehow, or, or Obi-Wan somehow left him behind. So the Star Destroyer is chasing after him, and, and Obi-Wan's like, okay, I guess I got to fight face Vader once again. And this will give these other people a chance to escape because I bet you he's going to focus on me and leave you guys alone. And he gets into an escape pod and flies to a nearby planet. And Vader does indeed break off the chase and go after Obi-Wan. And they have sort of a rematch duel on this planet in the mist and the rocks. And it's kind of cool. Um, in uh, Obi-Wan manages to sort of regain his strength in the Force. And more or less overpower Vader to a point where he cuts his helmet open. And is fa- literally face to face with, you know... Because Obi-Wan tells him earlier in the show, I am what you made me master. And Obi-Wan sees that that's true. And but also... He says he's sorry, Anakin. And, and Vader's like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I I like... I don't know, what was like the follow-up thing he said to that? But like basically saying, like, I killed Anakin Skywalker. I am Darth Vader. I've chosen to embrace this. And Obi-Wan finally accepts, well, then my friend is truly dead goodbye Darth and he leaves Vader behind for some reason instead of finishing him off because episode 4 needs to happen right um so Obi-Wan gets away and is like senses oh crap Luke is in danger hurries back to Tatooine where Owen and Beru managed to kind of sort of hold off Reva long enough for Luke to run away into the desert in terror and she beats him up with the force a little bit but can't quite bring herself to kill him because plot armor and she sees in the young innocent Luke, you know, herself being struck down by Darth Vader. So she has a change of heart, can't bring herself to do it and brings Luke back to his family and Obi-Wan and sort of repents and kind of sort of sets aside the dark side question mark. Um, so Obi-Wan, um, is now more confident in being a Jedi and is in his mission. He, he returns Leia to the Organas and has sort of a little goodbye with her and gives her, her mom's pistol holster. Um, and, uh, he goes back to watching over Luke in the desert and And this time accompanied by force ghost, Qui-Gon Jinn, because he, uh, apparently needed to be more balanced in the force or something like that in order to, be able to communicate with Qui-Gon in the Force. It was a... He, he needed to let go of his past. Yep. It was a... He was very... Well, we'll go into this with the analysis later, yeah. I suppose. But yeah. Um, And so Emperor's like, you know, Vader, you're kind of acting sketchy and out of, out of balance. Let's put this whole Obi-Wan thing to the side for now because I need you focused on what I need you for right now. So call off the hunt as it were, and focus on your the task at hand. And that's pretty much the end of the show. Oh, yeah. and uh, Obi-Wan gets to say hello there to Luke. <laughs> By um, the way, if a hello there isn't the title of the episode, I will bonk you. Okay, fine. <laughs> there it is, folks. You heard it here first. Actually, no, you probably saw it there first. and then <laughs> But, you know, whatever. Uh, so thoughts on Kenobi? There are thoughts, aren't there? There are, there thoughts. are thoughts, but not I any have... thoughts, even in the bar scene. Yeah, that's refreshing, <laughs> that's... I guess. No death I, I think, I think an insight that um, friend of the show, John, had in our group chat kind of sums up 
an important point that I think makes this series feel a little bit off. And that's no just John like Williams. the lack there's no aliens. Like very few. Oh yeah. There are some. There's like in the background of the uh the one planet. And there's the star nose mold cab driver. But that's about it. Yeah. Very yeah, alien like light. Very few and far between. And Most of the really extras are definitely just people. Yeah. Which is weird if you're on Tatooine, which is like weird alien central. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, and I have my um, cynical opinions about why they did that, but, but the fact can, remains mm-hmm. you can that say it, because of um, like you know pandemic restrictions and things like that, they probably weren't able to produce as many props as they would have liked. But or just to make really Reva knows? stand out more, or mm-hmm. yeah, and some of the other characters of color that had meaty like somewhat supporting roles. It's mm-hmm. Like you, you can't look too. You can't. Which nothing wrong with that. It's just a weird choice. Like, why can't you have both? I mean, right, like, prequel I trilogy, like original have... trilogy, and sequel trilogy all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like aliens can serve the same purpose. You can communicate the same message. Yeah, like, if you actually artfully wrote it instead of being ham-fistedly throwing it in the subtext. Yep, and which which fortunately more or less remains subtext. Yeah, yeah. at least it had that. Yeah. I think what the show did best was the characters of Anakin and Obi-Wan make a natural transition from episode three to where they end up in episode four. Um, Which, if they didn't make a natural transition, then this show would have failed. Right. Like, completely, and broken the entire timeline of everything. Like, in hindsight, not having to worry about them, like, screwing with the canon every time you watch the show, it's it'll probably be better to me. Because there, there was a part of me that's like, hmm, would a um, Kathleen Kennedy-helmed, Disney-owned Star Wars kill off a, ca- a main character that they established as living later um, in... Uh, mad at, in, in, in an attempt to be uh, to for, to service a girl boss moment, yeah, is that a thing they would do? And the fact that I asked myself that question concerned me. Yep, because I'm like, which fortunately that was it, unwarranted, but it felt warranted. Yeah, like, um, and I think that's one thing that was weird to me about the show: the stakes felt off. Like, yeah. if you know episode four exists, you know that none of the things they build up as being the things you should be worried about are things that you should be worried about. Yeah. Like, I, no, they're not going to find out about Luke or find out about Leia or kill Obi-Wan. To give them credit, I do think the show understood that where the conflict needed to lie was within Obi-Wan himself and his regret over the past. And mm-hmm. I think it was, I mean, I just liked seeing Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan. Um, that was fun. And, and, you know, he his performance is, you know, good and consistent with... Uh, you know how he played the prequels, and hey, Hayden Christensen was better written and directed than yeah. most of his scenes in the prequel trilogy. So, yep, in the flashback scene where they didn't bother de-aging him for some reason, but uh, I mean, it would have looked weird if they did de-age him enough. too. So, fair enough. But uh, and, Darth Vader was very well portrayed, in and the we series. got to see actual clone troopers in people dressed as clone troopers in armor oh, in, yeah. during the Order sixty six scene. Yep, live action. They were CGI beforehand, although. Mm-hmm. Did we? I think in that little flashback, flashback in of Mandalorian, they might have been. Too. It wasn't Mandalorian. It was or the no, no, Book no, of Boba, Boba Fett, Fett pretending to be Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> or Mandalorian pretending to be Book of Boba Fett, if we're honest. But uh, anyway, um, so that was fun. Uh, some little cameos here and there. Um, One thing I yeah, also Darth Va- the Darth Vader sequences were properly menacing, and you saw how like Anakin has become twisted and drunk on his power in the dark side, and it's just. Wasting people left and right. I love how much respect um, is thrown on the character of Darth James Vader Earl in Jones the show. James isn't the voice, and and Hayden uh, Christensen's in, in the armor. Yep. But like even like in Rebels, in uh, Rogue One, every scene like involving Darth Vader gives him the air of imposing menace that he has. An unstoppable force. Yeah. Like no pun intended, because like. He's not somebody you defeat. He's somebody you escape from. He's not... Yeah, he's somebody you survive narrowly. Yep. <laughs> or get stabbed yeah. in the chest and then survive because plot armor. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think they executed that really well just in the various scenes that Vader was involved in. Like, mm-hmm. the the way they choreographed his lightsaber fights are just these, like, brutal, powerful attacks. That look he, effortless he for him. He uses one arm to... And he's just, like, raw anger fueling his combat style. And it's not this, like, flowing sweeping style that the jedi have it's very direct Mm -hmm. yeah and in his fight with reva i don't think he ever uses his own lightsaber like he just fights her using just the force to block her lightsaber and turns her lightsaber against her and throws it back to her basically like screwing with her the entire time sorry girl boss you ain't nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. so and that scene where he like grabs the whole ship yeah it's starting to fly up it does a really good job selling the description of him being more machine than man, twisted and evil. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's an interesting note. It's like it's a nice little touch how like when Obi Wan departs, he's like, "Then my friend truly is dead. Goodbye, Darth." He just calls him Darth. And in Episode Four, Obi Wan just calls him Darth. So that was kind of a neat little tie-in touch they did there with the dialogue. Another kind of thing that I kind of respected the choice was in the second to last episode um it was underscored by that whole flashback training sequence right Mm -hmm. where it was anakin and obi-wan training lightsaber dueling yep you know and anakin's like i've grown so powerful beyond you obi-wan he's like no you're you're predictable yep the problem with you anakin is you always have to win (laughs) and so that underscoring obi-wan's escape and reading him and being a step ahead showed that no obi-wan's still the master Mm mm-hmm you're still that learner from pre-episode two, despite you being 10 years older. <laughs> yep. And so I think that also was like a neat little way to homage the dialogue from the original movie mm-hmm. in a way that made it not feel weird. Yeah. And in a very sort of, you know, A minus fifth grader essay sort of character arc way, Riva at least had a complete arc in the show like they set it up like sort of hinting at that she might have been one of the jedi younglings from the flashback at the very beginning of the show and she has sort of a change of heart because at first she's driven by revenge and wanting to kill darth vader for what she did to her and making her feel helpless to help her friends and try to kill vader realizing she can't do that tries to take it on luke has a change of heart because well i'm just being becoming him now Mm -hmm. that's that's a problem they managed to not to give her more dimension than simply girl boss, which is more character development which, than Ray ever had. <laughs> I mean, she only had that development in two of the six episodes, and she right. might have been. Right. I might have actually cared yeah. <laughs> if they had introduced it earlier, or at least and like acknowledged done it, it more artfully, mm-hmm. or made try or tried to establish her as a strong antagonist. Yeah. In a way, other than killing off a character I know isn't dead. Yeah, the little girl who plays young Princess Leia does a remarkable job of being like, I can totally see this little kid growing up to be Princess Leia from the movies. I mean, yeah, she's a kid actor, and the writing and directing isn't always 100% on point. But, but she kind of captures some of that spirit and spunk, and mm-hmm. I just envy her. She must have been having a grand oh, yeah. old time being oh, yeah. the actual Princess Leia. <laughs> yep. I mean, compared to what Luke has to do in the show, like, not bad. Play, he, he, not bad, well, he, kid. Hey, you got, you got games on that phone. <laughs> 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 I loved that. Oh man! But uh, yeah, any other cool things that we liked about um, Obi Wan before we get into the deeper analysis? I was gonna say something. The fight cause... scenes were good. We, I mean, we touched on that, but oh yeah, choreography was good. And that's very much a a bit of the beauty. Bit. Like the deals didn't quite, or the duels didn't quite line up. Deals. Line up. I think. The apex of lightsaber duels was definitely like the Mustafar fight, um, for me anyway. It, but it makes sense that Obi Wan isn't quite what he used to be, and Darth Vader's completely different. So it made sense that their duels were different. Um, oh, <laughs> like their I, styles, their fighting styles were a little different now. I remember what I was going to point out. It was more of a weird attitude than the thing. I I find it odd that um, uh, throughout the entire thing, uh, the Grand Inquisitor's like. I think you're being too emotional, despite being a dark side user and being overly emotional is your, our whole thing. It just cuts to and then at the Marvel. end, uh, and then at the end, um, uh, General uh, Emperor Palpatine's like, 
I think your feelings are unclear on this matter. <laughs> Even though, like, going with, like, so, letting go and being driven by your feelings is the whole Sith thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you criticizing Darth Vader for being emotional when being emotional made him Darth Vader? But then again, I think it's sort of referencing how there's still a little bit of good in him and uh, the Emperor is trying to nip that in the bud. Be manipulative. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But I just kind of find it funny whenever a dark side user is criticized for being emotional. It's like, dude, that's the whole mm-hmm. that's the whole shtick. <laughs> well, you're only allowed to have one emotion, and that's anger. Anger. So I guess it's not inconsistent. Well, fear also. Yeah, fear true. leads to anger, and anger <laughs> leads to hate, and hate, hate leads to hate suffering. Leads to suffer. As suffering leads to the ducks. Dark side. <laughs> the ducks. <laughs> and, hate, and hate leads to not just killing not just the men but the women and, and the, the children, children too um alrighty do we uh let's see do we want to should we get into the analysis then I suppose so right it's on. about that time truth what are some truths we can find in Obi-Wan <clears throat> I'd say the need to confront the mistakes of your past head on and acknowledge them well, also, re- well, also not allowing them to define you. Yeah, right. Because that's sort of the difference between Anna, between Darth Vader and Obi Wan. He's sort of obsessed with his failure to beat Obi Wan, and you know he's still very much the learner, and Obi Wan's the master. Obi Wan, on the other hand, is full of regret not being able to save Padme, not being able to save Anakin from himself. Um, you know, the failure of the Jedi Order as a whole to see the whole you know, take over of the Sith purge of the Jedi thing coming sort of his helplessness and losing touch with the force. Um, he manages to overcome that by facing down his mistake that and, he made was, you know, being Anakin's master and failing him. And at the end of the day, as responsible as he was for a lot of things that happened, ultimately the only one responsible for Darth Vader's, like true fall. fall into being Darth Vader was Anakin himself and the choices he made. Yep. Now, given Obi-Wan, all the contributing factors, yes. even so. So, although Obi Wan had his faults and his mistakes and such, and the whole Jedi Code did, it was everybody was everybody in the prequels was, was responsible yep. for making Darth Vader. Let's be real. He um, he understood that Obi Wan understands that he must, in order to be able to heal and move on, he must no longer look to the regrets of the past, but rather the hope of the future, the new hope, if you will, of, you know, his mission of protecting Luke and Leia to an extent. Um, because they're Which will be age him a solid 40 years. Oh, yep. boy. Yep. Um, All that sand. Yeah. I mean, the sun, those two suns will probably bleach your hair pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, sort of that... that he, he he faces up the sort of the despair, faces to the, his mistakes and his despair and, and replaces, replaces it, it with, with hope, hope and closure. Closure is sort of a theme of this of the story of the of the series and sort of the different approaches to it. Obi-Wan overcoming despair, Vader full of vengeance and rage, and Reva even- full of vengeance and rage and realizing that's only going to create more more of a, another Darth Vader through her. Yep. Um yeah, those are those are some of the main themes. Um any other truths to look at in uh Obi-Wan? Mostly. Yeah. I mean that, that that's the main thing. Yeah. Goodness. Uh what is good in uh Obi-Wan Kenobi? There's a couple of really good characters. I mean um Bail Organa is a good supportive father to mm-hmm. Pat to Leia, who he has adopted. And like, even though she knows she's adopted, she also knows that they are very much family. Mm-hmm. It's like you, the fact that you're adopted doesn't change the fact that I'm your dad and we're a family. Right? Yep. Same thing with her same, mom. And same thing with uh, Owen Lars. Yep. Owen is just a simple farmer tending to his water. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he. Wants what's best for his son, Luke. Even if he expresses that in a rather gruff and standoffish way, 
he manages obi-wan manages to earn his his respect and vice versa but also kind of keep your distance you can say hi you can say hello there to him and give him that Mm -hmm. toy plane he plays with when he's 19 in the next movie (laughs) because every single prop from the original trilogy must be accounted for somewhere everything has a has a backstory yep uh yeah and let's see the people the sort of underground railroad organization uh whatever they're called is uh, actually that might be the name of them. Like no. a couple of them, like sacrificed their lives. It was so the something the road, but I don't think yeah. it was the underground railroad. That no, might have that, been a little too specific of a reference. Yeah, that no. they didn't want to cross the streams with their uh, no, racial no. colored uh, no uh, commentary. Uh, commentary yeah. So, um, but sort of helping you know people escape the empire, like people giving laying down their lives to help others. That's obviously a very good thing. Sort of a uh, foreshadowing of the rebellion as it would come later. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people are good, and like the imperial officer lady is somewhat interesting in how she sees like the awful things that the empire has done. And yeah, she started things... being a believer in the empire and joined the ranks, but then she's like, the crime, "Oh, the things that she, the horrible things that." She oh, that's what doing. the empire does. No, I'm gonna nope out of this. I'm out. I I'm a head out. <laughs> yep. So those are good things. Um, yeah, and you know Obi Wan himself, yeah, uh, being yeah. that there's a there's a oh. line early on in the show when the Inquisitors are um hunting the unrelated Jedi as a um head fake, yeah, but like the the Jedi the, the code thing, is like an itch; they can't help themselves from helping people. It's like yeah, the Jedi's are programmed from childhood to be. The good doers and peacekeepers. Selflessness. So if we just cause some ruckus, um, Jedi are going to show up to defend them, mm-hmm. uh, which it pains Obi-Wan to not stand up, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Obi-Wan event, like that Jedi code, um, that, or that, that part of the Jedi code that Obi-Wan still embodies in his quest to save Leia is, uh, that's certainly good. Mm-hmm. Um... Beauty. What is beautiful? Well, that, and, uh, tr- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other goodness? No, no. That, I'm sorry. I had. We already covered the previous two, and I've had them flipped in my brain for some reason when you went there. So yeah, beauty. Cool. My bad. Consider <laughs> the switch flipped. Uh, beauty. What is beautiful in Obi Wan? There's a few creative things that don't quite work, but there's a lot that does. Yeah. Like the lightsabers. Things in are the cool. first four episodes, kind of. Yeah. Meh. And then the last yeah. two, they kind of step up the the creative mm-hmm. vision particularly one thing i noticed is there are uh in the soundtrack because I, I i love me some star wars music um it's very there are very subtle allusions to classic star wars themes like the imperial march and the force theme slash obi-wan's theme so there's a lot of like little allusions like a little uh, echoes yeah but none of them are completely formed they're all just kind of stray shadows mm-hmm. but by the end of the show like in the last couple of episodes, we get full versions of these themes played at the key ending points of the characters to show that their identities in, that we see in episode four that are associated with these themes have solidified. This is mm-hmm. where we end them and begin them in the next movies. Yep. And I thought that was a neat, uh, subtle storytelling touch using mm-hmm. those like uh, ubiquitously, ubiquitously understood through pop culture musical themes. Yep. Despite the conspicuous lack of, I mean, not total lack, but lack of, you know, aliens at least at the levels we're used to seeing. The, I mean, obviously this the set work and the character design and everything is, you know, it's it's on. I point. mean, I mean, it's, it's Star Wars. Pre, it's original trilogy Star Wars. What's wrong with the old fashioned stormtroopers and Tie Fighters? Yep. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that it, they make it very stylistically consistent with episode four in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, is just really commendable. Right down to the uh, the few alien characters having obviously uh, handcrafted puppet, puppeted uh, parts to them, right? The prosthetics, yeah. Yeah. Which that's like sort of an homage to the way the original trilogy was done and kind of a, kind of a neat touch that they've been doing lately. With the live action offerings. Um, no Max hard... Rebo in this one, though. 
No, but uh, he's probably got a gig. He's got a gig, man. Don't play my gig. Um, also, we did not get a follow-up story for uh, the Death Sticks guy? guy, Evan yeah. Sosbagano or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I wanted to see Death Sticks guy. I was waiting for it when he was like walking on that like city planet, and we it just did see Tamora Morrison as an old clone. That was kind of neat. True, yeah, as like a homeless veteran clone uh, begging in the streets. That was kind of a neat touch. Um, but yeah, overall, I don't know. I I like in, this. In in hindsight, it, yeah, it was okay. It was on par with the the weakest of the prequel trilogy movies. I wasn't going into it expecting my mind to be blown. I was just like, I hope they make this so I can enjoy it. And overall, they did. I was going into it kind of apprehensive because there's a lot of delicate things that I felt like they had to could, tiptoe around. They had to tiptoe around, and they kind of in the first several episodes immediately stumbled over some of the things that I'm like, yep, that's a thing that feels weird. But the last they, two they episodes, they righted the ship. More yeah, or less. More or less. Sufficiently. I, I still feel like uh, Leia's message to Obi-Wan has different context now that yeah. feels weird, the wording she uses and how she addresses him and such. But, mm. I mean... Message in episode four. Ep- yeah, message in episode four. It's like, yeah. hey, first it's I'm going to introduce myself by... This, by yeah. I'm going to introduce myself by covering a connection you have to my father years ago instead of talking about the thing you did for me ten years ago. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, I th- although you could make the argument that was sort of to maintain a level of plausible deniability. I mean, because she doesn't know Vader's her father, but Obi-Wan does. And he's like, let's pretend like we don't know each other. Because if Vader's like, why does she know who Obi-Wan is? You know, being, that being a whole risk. You sure. Make, that's but just occurred. that's... Defending it after the fact instead of having a good Whether explanation that was for it or within. Not. Well, he does say to Leia, like, you know, let's not contact each other because it's dangerous. She, you could have just not called him Obi Wan in her presence, and that would have been just fine. Yeah. Although I don't think, I don't think. He, anyway, anyway, um, anyway. Uh, weird nitpicks. Uh, unity. What brings everything together? Uh, closure. Obi- one Kenobi. I'd say closure is but sort yeah. of the theme of this show. Or the, uh, yeah, sort of the central principle of the show. Because all three primary characters are seeking closure. It uh, takes a very different approach than the sequel trilogy with the whole let the past die thing. It's like, face the past and move on. Right. Whereas, in uh, let the past die, kill it if you have to, uh, yep. was a was kind of the toxic way the director's reviewing Star Wars as a whole and the entire sequel yep. trilogy feels like an argument between two directors of what Star Wars actually means. Yep. Whereas this has a unified idea of this is where Obi-Wan lets go of the mm. mistakes of the past and works on making the best possible future. And Ewan McGregor was like, you know, an executive producer for the series and he, he came into the project being like, okay, I want to explore more of the Obi-Wan character and be faithful to that. And I think... Overall, you know, because it was made in current time, like there's sort of an ex- some expected stuff they threw in there. But I think it manages to be passable at the very least. It, yeah, I'll it, find myself. It wasn't bad. I'll probably find myself revisiting the last two episodes of it sometime in the future. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually kind of feel like six episodes was a bit much. They could have yeah. trimmed out an entire planet visit and condensed it into maybe just a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was originally supposed to be a movie, but then the way Solo turned out, and like, the way the reception to it turned and, out, and the way the Disney Plus stuff turned out, it was like, yeah. oh, making series is the future. Yeah, even though it I think makes sense, I think they have like Taika Waititi on board to make a future Star Wars project. No, yeah, an untitled and a, project. And apparently, there was an article where he was, you know, working on Thor: Love and Thunder, and was like, hey, I'm working on Star Wars next. Hey, Natalie Portman, have you been in a Star Wars thing before? She's like. Yes, I have. I can't be involved in that because my character wouldn't fit. She's my like, character's oh, dead. Oh, I forgot about your thing. <laughs> right. Natalie. <laughs> so that was a funny article I discovered over the past week. <laughs> nice. Any uh, other comments? Anything to add, Riley? Nope. Basically, everything I had thought to mention has been mentioned. See, that's the problem when you have three people who are podcast hosts that mostly think alike. <laughs> and also are also 
and are all Star Wars geeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we cover a lot of the same ground. We we need to find something divisive we can debate about or something we all dislike for different reasons. Apparently for Ethan Stevie, that's uh, Megamind. <laughs> he hates Megamind, apparently. <laughs> Found that out uh, in the live stream. All right, bring it full circle. Talk about the, the, the crunch stream. I, I think our tastes and things are too similar to have anything that we're, like, really divided on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but we could we could feasibly find things that we all dislike for different reasons. Yeah, for sure. Like, for Nathan, it's Mario Party. For me, it's Smash Bros. For you, it's... Um, what would be the thing? Uh, Overwatch? Saying or, Italian. Uh, <laughs> saying modern Italian. Day Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started about Diablo Immoral. Uh, it's uh, Deep <laughs> Dish Pizza. Go. That would be the thing. The Deep, deep Dish We've all got pizza. things we can get deep started dish, on. Yeah. But yeah. what we should get started on doing is ending. Yeah, that's true. Uh, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papists. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating to let us know what you think of the show and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapists. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladianpapists at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe suggestions for future episodes might give us more things to talk about because we'll have different thoughts on it. You never know. You never know. So we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.